0: National Vocation Awareness Week is celebrated November 5th to the 11th, and it's an annual week-long celebration of the Catholic Church in the United States dedicated to promoting vocations to the priesthood diaconate and consecrated life through prayer education and to renew our prayers and support for those who are considering one of these particular vocations. In the weeks leading up to this week here in the Archdiocese of Portland, they're highlighting a different religious vocation every week. And joining me today to share about his vocation as a diocesan priest, it is our good friend, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor. Good morning, Monsignor. Thanks so much for joining us today to talk about vocations.
1: Not a problem. It's a pleasure to be with you always. Brenda.
0: So what does that mean, Monsignor O'Connor, to, to have a vocation? We hear that, you, that term used often for l- religious life. Is a vocation something that every young Catholic needs to discern as to whether or not they have that?
1: I think it's the duty of every young Catholic to discern whether they have a supernatural vocation to the priesthood or consecrated life. I think it's our duty to do that. We've got to ask God what He wants us to do, and if He wants us to sacrifice our normal, uh, sort of natural life to to work on the supernatural level. I think that's that's a very important thing, and a lot of people don't think that. Well, you know, some people feel, "Oh, we're called." I am attracted to the priesthood or the religious life. You know, I'll leave it to them. But really, I think it's 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 our duty as Christians to 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 ask the Lord specifically what he wants us to do with our life, not just sort of fall into a vocation of marriage or fall into a vocation of consecrated life, but actually to discern it.
0: What was that process like for you? How did you ask that question of God, <clears throat> God, what is my vocation and and how did that lead you to the priesthood?
1: Well, I, um, yeah, so I, Basically, i you know I had a feeling that I wanted to be a priest when I was a teenager, you know, as a young kid, sort of grade school, going into high school, and then things change, and then you go to college and you get a job and you start being part of you know everybody's does the same sort of stuff, get a job, earn some money, get a promotion, you know, date a bit, buy a house, you know that sort of stuff. and I, I was particularly not really satisfied with all that. I was doing quite well in the world. But there was something inside me that niggled away that said, you know, you know, there's something else. The Lord wants you to do something else. Anyway, so I moved to America with a job. And then um, I decided to give up that job. And I decided seriously to descend this vocation once and for all. You know, if it's if it was there or it wasn't there. I was I needed to I needed to get it out of my system or jump in, you know, the deep end. So I took a year off and I I went, I traveled the world a little bit. I went to live in Paris, I went to live in Rome. And just uh, spent days in prayer, wandering around holy places, going to Mass every day, uh, that sort of stuff. And uh, at the end of that year's assignment, I said, yeah, I'm going to go to the seminary. And that's what I did.
0: Monsignor, you are a diocesan priest. In fact, we spoke previously about your incarnation into the Archdiocese of Portland from your previous Diocese of Fall River. So how does your vocation as a diocesan priest differ from they say an, a, a priest who is in an order.
1: <laughs> well, diocesan priests are really there. They're parish priests. They're, they're there to run parishes, to look after the families that, you know, your, your average Catholic family that goes to Mass every Sunday that wants to come for baptisms and weddings and right. administer sacraments, confessions. So you're based around your parish, and that's really what you do. And a religious order, say, so Dominicans, their charism is preaching. They can travel all over the place to give missions and, and do various things. Some of them are are more sort of cloistered. Some religious orders stay put where they are and just spend a lot of hours in prayer. Um, Some of them do a bit of both and and run parishes as well. But a parish priest is really sort of, I don't know, the front line. I hate to say that, as though there's some back line to it. But, you know, they're they're there in everyday life of the Catholic, you know, not just times of mission or retreat or something like that, but the everyday needs. Of, of the Christian, you know, administering the sacraments, that sort of stuff.
0: Monsignor O'Connor, so from when you started your discernment process, you entered seminary and you became a priest. Was there something about being a parish priest that you found that you weren't expecting, but is truly a wonderful part of your ability to be a priest and to be, as you said, in the in the forefront of of Families, their first experience at the Catholic Church is their parish priest. Was there something about it that you weren't quite expecting, and you realized that yes, you were doing exactly what God had always meant for you to be doing?
1: Yeah, I I mean, the thing that is sort of—I'm not sure whether it was totally unexpected to me—but one thing I've learned as a parish priest is that (laughs) too. To expect the unexpected, right? <laughs> sure. Because your life as a parish priest, it's like you don't know what's going to happen today. Like, you know, today, i I got to go into the pastoral center, i got to do this. I don't know who's going to knock on the door in the next 10 minutes and say, I need to talk to a priest, right? I don't know whether I'll get a call from uh, Good Sam saying, hey, you need to come down to the emergency room. Um, you know, some things are fixed uh, that I do every day, you know, celebrate mass, of course, adoration on Thursdays, evening prayer, things like this. And then my own personal life, you know, today I want to get an hour of study in at some point uh, because I, you know, I'm, I'm neglecting my academic life. Um, so I've sort of started doing that again. Um, but, yeah, it's just sort of unexpected, the stuff that happens. I might go in the pastoral center and someone says to me, hey, did you, uh, you know, we need this thing writing and we need it for next week for the convocation. I'm like, oh, okay. I wish I'd have not come into that then. Um, but, you know, so it's the <laughs> unexpected. And just, you know, dealing with with normal human beings and on in the, in the in the you know what is it, in their journey towards god in the you know seeking spiritual growth i mean you know hopefully i've had some in my life over the years and that i can impart a little bit of wisdom about growing closer to the lord you know participating in the sacraments this sort of stuff so um yeah I and mean, i'd say that it's like parish priest if you know if you're not if you can't deal with change and you can't deal with your schedule being messed up all the time and this sort of stuff then you shouldn't be a parish priest because it's 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 chaotic sometimes.
0: Monsignor O'Connor, most of us experience, as you said, our diocesan priests right there at church. <clears throat> in fact, I can go through my life and remember, even when I was very young, the priests that were there when I was in school and the priests that served at our, our parish in Escondido. And they, they are an important part of our life and, and my faith journey. I can think of priests all along the way that that was there for me. In what other ways, though, for instance, that that in what other ways are diocesan priests serving, though, within an archdiocese, for instance, I mean, you're in the office of divine worship. I I mean, is it typical for every priest to always have a parish uh, and then something else in your case or do some diocesan priests yeah. Become a, a parish priest, and that's what they do for their entire yeah, career. Yeah, I mean,
1: often, often nowadays, parish priests, I mean, if, if we had loads of priests, you'd have, I wouldn't be being the pastor at the cathedral and doing the director of the office of worship. would do separate things, you know. And that, and to a certain extent, that's what I was doing, you know, for five years before I came here. Um, but nowadays, you know, we don't have a great deal of priests spare. Um, we in the Archdiocese of Portland have a full-time vocation director, which is awesome. And we can see the benefits of that because we're doing a very we have a healthy number of seminarians, which I think is a direct, you know, effect of, of that move to have one. We have a full-time vicar for clergy. Um, but a lot of the other things are done by normal parish priests. So the vicars for rain in the various areas of the archdiocese, they're all parish priests, but they they have a responsibility to look after the priests of their area. A director of continuing education for priests is not a full-time job. It's a it's, it's Monsignor Syak. He's a parish priest, you know, so things like this, many of the, uh, judges in the tribunal, they're parish priests as well. So they've got a couple of jobs. So nowadays, a lot of us have two or three jobs that we have to do, you know, and it's just, it's just the, the, the world that we live in that we can't really afford to put a lot of priests full time. We'd love to, I mean, if we doubled down seminarians, we'd be able to do, do more of course, but, uh, but I, we can't complain. We, we have a healthy number of seminarians and, uh, So we're not, we're not, there are other dioceses that are much worse off than we
0: are. Monsignor O'Connor, then for somebody who might be listening this morning, a young man who is feeling maybe they need to develop further this vocation, perhaps they need to begin this discernment process. What do you feel like is the first things that they should be doing to really prepare themselves and open themselves Mm -hmm. up to God's call to So that way, when they so that way, they become ready to take the next steps.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you're doing, whether He wants you to be a priest or not, there's a commitment to growing holiness. It's the universal vocation, which is to you know to grow in holiness. That's the first thing we've got to do. And so, uh, regular uh, reception of the sacraments, confession, you know, these sort of things. Regular prayer, of course, daily prayer. And then specifically, you know, prayer about asking the Lord to show you the way. Um, so I think that's that's it. It starts with that uh, universal vocation, which is the call to holiness. And then the good Lord moves our souls and gives us special graces, which point us in the direction of a religious vocation or a supernatural vocation. And then uh, if we've got that, you know, it's, it's it's important to us. It's our duty to, to uh, inquire of that uh, vocation as well. So... I'd say that, I mean, you know, just the practice of our faith, the good, solid practice of Mm -hmm. our faith is the first step for anybody.
0: Absolutely. Amen to that. And of course, as you said, we have a wonderful vocations office and vocations director. If you have further questions, they are always there to answer them, retreats throughout the year to help you further discern. Monsignor O'Connor, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for sharing your vocation story and for sharing your ministry with us here in the Archdiocese of Portland.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Brenda.